0: Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, the pastor of West Bradenton Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida, Josh King, the pastor of Saxey's Church in Saxey, Texas, and me, Micah Fries, the pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're glad you're here.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for the established church by established church pastors. My name is Josh. I am the Josh in Texas that Micah was just referring to, and I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. We know how busy you are. Most of our listeners are uh, established church pastors, and we know that you know you have a crazy week. So thank you so much for listening to us. You know, this is an exciting episode, episode number twenty. Six, But it's not just exciting because it's episode number 26. This is exciting to me personally, and I'm sure Micah and Sam, because this episode, we can officially say this, this episode is brought to you by the CSB. That's the Christian Standard Bible, and it is by far my favorite English translation, as I'm sure that uh, my co-host here will agree. And if they don't, they're wrong. The Christian Standard Bible is uh, a brand new translation. It is an English translation, and we encourage all of you to pick it up. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at uh, the Lifeway website. Lifeway.com. Lifeway.com. And Christian retailers all across America, except for family Christian stores. But every other one you can get it from.
0: Before we move further with this, I think Sam, it's important to note that Josh just shared with you and me that <laughs> he loves the CSB so much that he matches the color of his leather CSB each week when he preaches to the color of his shoes. That's right. If what what
2: other what other way would you do would you that's do that? That's a man do you do that Sam?
0: That's a man committed to his translation and his shoes, his fashion. You, you know, like Josh.
2: I, I I I'm kind of picky about my shoes. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, I I don't spend a whole lot, lot of money on clothes, but I will buy nice shoes. So, so I'm right there with you. So if you're, if the you're goat wearing skin, black shoes, I'm. Am, I am, will you wear
0: will brown, you black shoes,
2: brown Bible? You know, it's kind of a no go, right? Oh my.
0: <laughs> Good gosh.
2: So one of the things that Christian Standard Bible has, and I'm looking at mine right now, is they have a black goat skin version That's and a beautiful. brown mm. goat skin version. And they mm. are. Just awesome Bibles. They are just beautiful. And you should pick up both. You should pick up a black one and a brown one so you can match your shoes.
1: And and I've got to tell you, listen, our whole family loves the CSB. It's not just the translation, but the printing is is fantastic. My kids love the kid versions. My sons all have one each. And then my wife picked up, uh, she prefers the thin line, but she also picked up a copy of the She Reads Truth Uh, version and it's just fantastic and for our Spurgeon fans out there which I know there are several the Spurgeon study Bible by CSB is coming out pretty soon you can already pre-order it there's a study Bible it's fantastic stuff we love I personally love the CSB if you're if you're not a new listener to the show you know that already we're just so glad that they are making this particular episode possible but we've got another topic we're going to talk about today today as we record this, this is the Wednesday before um, Easter. So you know you've got Monday, Thursday, you've got Good Friday. I don't know if Wednesday has a special title. Uh, um, maybe I want. I went to the wrong seminary, but the two guys, uh my two co-hosts, <laughs> are just staring at me. So maybe we don't have a special Wednesday title. It's Podcast Wednesday, the the week, uh, the day before. So we're going to talk about Easter services as sort of a topic, but really what we want to hammer out is this idea of changing your services let me let me say it in a negative way you've heard the term "creaster," right those are the people that show up at your church just for Christmas and Easter those are just those folks should you change should you modify should you schedule out just a ton of stuff to minister to these people I mean the reality is this and I'll and I'll go ahead and say this these folks have been coming to your two services year after year after year Almost all of them have done that. They've heard your sermon year after year after year. They've picked those eggs. They've seen that Santa. They've taken a picture with that guy with ears. And uh, I don't know if it's working. So I don't know. I mean, we can we can talk about several things, you know, dropping 50,000 eggs from a helicopter, whatever we want to talk about. The question is, how much should you modify your services for holidays? and uh, not, uh, Or not? Sam? You want to take lead on this? How much?
2: Yeah, we don't we don't modify them much. Um we add a sunrise service, which I love. I love the sunrise service. I'm all about the sunrise service, you know. Low key, stripped down, uh y- you know, it, the sun's coming up. I'm not even a morning person and I'm 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 excited about the sunrise service. So that is one thing that we change. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd want to do it every week, but um mm-hmm. but we'll have you know, it'll be a smaller Service relative to our other services, but I'm, I'm okay with that. It's outside, it's just and we of course we live in Florida, so you know this time of year it's a little warm, but it's like absolutely perfect in the mornings. Mm. So do y'all do it on um, the beach? Oh, I'd, I no, we do it on our campus because mm. we want people to come to our location. But mm-hmm. but that's not a bad idea. I think I, it's I too would late to go to that. I'm not. Going it's to too late to so change that. it now. <laughs> um,
0: but, so basically, Josh just confessed, he really doesn't care about the service, he doesn't care about your message, he just wants to go hang out on the beach. <laughs> the experience
1: of worshipping Jesus on the beach
0: would be awesome.
2: That'd be fair. Okay, that's a nice
0: save, yeah.
1: Josh.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so we're, we're not, we're not, we're like four or five miles from the beach, mm-hmm. but if we were actually on the island, you know, that's how I would totally uh, advertise my church is come to church, go to the beach. Now, um, Micah
1: lives around things, giant rocks called mountains, and... I got to say, if it's on a mountain, I'm not going. I'm so afraid of it. Last time I was in Chattanooga, I almost cried on one of these lookout points. My family was out <laughs> at the edge. It was horrible, horrible. But,
0: gosh, that's hilarious.
1: The closer to sea level, the better for me. So, um, well, the pictures are cool, though. See,
0: what's funny is I'm not a big beach fan. Like, I, I like the beach, I like to look at the beach. Mm mm-hmm, Mm hmm. I I I don't like sand very much, but give me the mountains all day, every day. My dream is to retire at a lake house in the mountains.
1: Well, I mean, I don't like the beach either. I like the look of it, like you said, but I want to be on a pier. I don't want to be in the sand, and I sure don't want to be in the water. There are things in that water that are going to kill me, so I'm not, I'm not getting in the water. <laughs> But let's talk about the topic, okay? Because you know we got an email this week where people said they like listening to EST because we don't do a lot of what we just did. So we got to get <laughs> we got to jump into the topic. And the idea is how much should you modify services? So you didn't modify yours too bad uh, or too much. You have um, a, a sunrise service. Let's just kind of go with that, Micah. How much are yeah, the it, Brainerd services modified add, this week?
2: It's really celebrate. It's b- big and celebrative, but the structure of the service is not. That much different
1: and even as a skeptic even as a person who kind of pokes fun at these things there is a certain logic to it that if you're setting aside you know so every time jackie and i go on a date it's a date night we love one another but when it's our anniversary we're celebrating something that's unique and different well every worship service is a celebration of the risen christ and the seated on his throne but this one's particularly unique so it it should be different there should be a level of difference Micah, the Brainerd services, how different are they going to be this week?
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. So we don't, I mean, yeah, we do change a fair amount in some senses. I mean, if you walk in and you're a normal member at Brainerd, what you're going to notice is we have more services to choose from and the sermon is shorter. And that's probably about the major difference you'll notice uh, and I'll I'll be dressed up in you know my family and I will all be dressed up in Easter clothes like I have I I'm breaking out pink uh, seersucker jacket with a bow tie this mm. weekend. And, I don't have
1: uh, a pink CSB, so that would really but, set me
0: into it. A...
2: Uh, all right, yeah, I was I was I was just about to say you're going to get on to Josh for matching the Bible <laughs>
0: with the shoes, <seersucker. laughs>
2: and you're talking about pink and seersucker, seersucker
0: baby. Hey, and my son. Has uh, blue seersucker and a, and a bow tie, and so he and I, I, and I are going to go. Not
1: wait to like these the pictures. Oh, gonna, it's
0: gonna awesome. but, going to be awesome! But so them. I'm of the opinion that when it comes to a lot of holidays, we don't change much. We don't change our preaching schedule. You know, we don't we don't change much. Christmas and Easter, totally different thing in my mind. We um we go all out. Christmas and Easter. And even if, Josh, I know your cynicism was coming out, they're the same people who have been there year after year after year. My argument is, yeah, but they're there. Mm. And the rest of the year, I don't get a shot. You know, the rest of the year, they're not there. And, you know, I I could be cynical and say, well, they've heard it a thousand times. Yeah, but maybe this would be the time they're going to hear it and believe. I mean, I don't know when the Spirit of God is going to work in their heart in in a particular way, and they're going to believe and so I told our people, I said, guys, we, you know, we want to do well every week. And we, and we, um, we try and, you know, every worship service we design is with the believer in mind because you can't worship if you're, a, if you're not a believer. So we, even our Easter services is, is, you know, created with the believer in mind, but we still are very cognizant this weekend that 35 to 55% of our audience are going to be non-believers. And, um, and so we do we'll do two extra services on Easter weekend, so we'll have a total of seven services this weekend. plus we'll do two Good Friday services. So between Good Friday and Easter over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'll have nine separate services. Um, and I'll preach six of those nine over the weekend. And uh, and so you know we do that intentionally. We we did add a Good Friday service a, a year ago, and we do it again this year. And I've done it at previous churches. I'm not a big fan of the sunrise service that Sam loves to do, but uh-huh. I abso- well, I just don't like getting up early. That's my problem. <laughs> but I absolutely love. Good Friday and Christmas Eve services. Mm-hmm. They're two of my favorite services all, all, of all year. And Good Friday in particular, you know, as evangelicals, we're quick to run to the resurrection. And I get that. And we ought to celebrate the resurrection. But I think the, the season is best understood in light of the tension between death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so we do Good Friday. And our Good Friday service is not a long service. It's 45 minutes to an hour. But it's a heavy service. It's a somber service. It's a stripped-down service. It's just a piano or maybe a guitar and and some singing. And it's me preaching Isaiah 53 on the cross. And uh, and, and we will leave people not incredibly hopeful. I mean, it's designed for, for believers to feel the weight of the cross, knowing that 36 hours later we're going to be back and we're going to be throwing a party over the resurrection. And we want our folks to live in that tension. So Easter we treat that way. Christmas we treat that way, and in our minds, those are the two big Christian moments on the calendar. I I said from the pulpit a few weeks ago, this is the Super Bowl for us, and I don't mean for us, this is the big event that we do, even though it is. When I say it's the Super Bowl, I mean there's no bigger weekend of the year for the Christian calendar than this one, Mm -hmm. the one where we celebrate the resurrection. Every single part of our faith hinges on this one thing, And yes, every weekend we get together, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. I say that regularly from the pulpit, but this is the big one. And so for me, we alter everything. We change our preaching schedule. We add services. We do special services for Easter and Christmas because it matters. Now, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Veterans Day, Fourth of July, we don't for any of those other ones. Those are Mm. nice, they're fine, but they're not a major part of the Christian calendar. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Christmas and Easter, we justify the big change because of the elements they play in the christian calendar
2: yeah and at yeah, the time you can that tell mike is excited he started preaching a sermon to us i get
0: worked up
1: you got the it. text yeah. everything and we're, we're posting this by the time that you're listening to this dear listener this is a couple weeks after easter but uh and that was intentional we didn't want to post this the week of easter or something along those lines so now you're all kind of second guessing what you're doing or what you didn't do but um And that's really not our motivation anyways. We're not trying to say that this is wrong or that is right. We're just trying to kind of think through how much we should alter these things. Now, personally, I've gone through sort of a a history of different feelings on this. I used to, and I'll be real honest about this, and I'm not trying to be cynical or anything. I hated christmas i hated it um even as a young minister because that's probably not healthy josh well it's not scriptural either there's no (laughs) there's no christmas tree so i can hate santa claus and christmas tree all i want um because as a young minister i had um i i don't it's not the same thing and so a lot of people think of christmas as like time with family Um, It's this relaxing time where you get to enjoy these things. No, that's not what I was doing. I was working 70-hour weeks to plan for an event. We were every single weekend in December, starting right after Thanksgiving at different churches. We were at this Christmas party, and then we were at this event, and then we had to go to the parade, and we had to set up the parade stuff. And as a staff member, I didn't see my family um, for about a month and a half. I didn't go to worship services. Instead... I was running an event that is called a worship service. And then you have other things like singing Christmas trees, those sort of things, which took out the whole week of Christmas and a couple of weeks before where, you know, it was different. Now, as a lead pastor, I enjoy it a lot more because we don't do all of that. And we let our church have, you know, family and um, so I have a little bit of a distinction there because I actually love my favorite. You say your favorite's Good Friday, Micah. My favorite's Christmas Eve. I love Christmas Eve in the evening candlelight services. There's something simple about it, there's something relational, fam- familial about it. So I- I've kind of come through a. Um, a journey, which I don't think is unique. I talk to a lot of ministers who hate the holidays because they end up being more work, they've taken away from their family, their in-laws are mad, those sort of things, because, you know, it's just kind of part of it. So um, I think the question is not so much, should we do it? I, I believe we should. It should be something different or unique. The question is, is there a line? At some point, so let me just be real frank with you. Does an Easter bunny dropping 50,000 eggs from a helicopter bring glory to god is that is, is there a line and if that's okay then then you know at what point does the line shift is there a line or how do you
0: think through that yeah i think so i'm going to jump in here real quick cuz i am definitely different than you in this one josh i love the december you just described that's like packed with tons of events and we do a different focus every weekend in worship, and and we do as a we started doing this years ago. This goes back to again another element of the liturgical ca- calendar. I love Good Friday, and and but we you know and, and we even have some elements of Lent that we my wife and I are doing a, a daily Lent devotional time during this time right now. But I love Advent, and to me, Advent is um, the um is the antithesis to consumer Christmas. So I don't mind busy, I mind consumerism. Mm. I love busy if it's family, community, friends, that's great in my mind. Mm. And so to your question, does it glorify God to drop eggs or, or to have an Easter bunny? Sure it can. I, I think the question is, what's the point? Why, why mm. are you doing it? Right? And so I, I think you got to be careful saying, well, that's either good or bad, when the truth of the matter is it's probably... Both and, you know, it just depends on how it's being done, why you're doing it, that sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What do you say, Sam? You know, the fertility goddess EA store would, would probably <laughs> tell us <laughs> that the more eggs, the better. Um, uh, it is fertility. To encourage our children to grow up and mm. be fruitful and multiply like rabbits. Um you know, I don't know. I, we've had this discussion as a staff, and I, I struggle with it because I I like the Easter egg hunt personally. I've got little kids; it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But we're asking ourselves a question: We're going to do one this year. It won't be out of a helicopter or anything like that. I mean, just but we're going to have a little get together for families. We're going to have an Easter egg hunt. I, I don't I, honestly. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But we are asking ourselves the question: Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Is it just to have an easter egg hunt and if that's the case then we probably don't need to put that on the calendar there's enough busyness in our lives um so i I could argue it either way um if it's purposeful and intentional and you know you've you've kind of got some reasoning behind it sure Mm -hmm. drop those eggs out of a helicopter um but for us yeah we're we're i don't I don't know. I don't know what we'll do in the future, but we're going to be a lot more intentional about how we approach the church calendar, particularly mm. around Easter and Christmas, because it is such a, such a right. busy time. Um, but I love it. I'm like I'm like Micah. I mean,
1: I, like I it enjoy. To I like the Easter egg it, hunts w- as well with the kids. I think they're they're fun. I I think they're enjoyable, and I think they serve a function. I do think that there needs to be a sort of a, I don't know, a prioritization, something along the lines of, if your whole staff is wrapped up in more of an event than an actual worship that seems to be out of whack it seems to I be
0: great,
1: I, absolutely I, I agree. With absolutely
0: that. agree with that but yeah. again that's my point it's not the event that's the problem right it's a um that's you know it's the way you've gone into the event mm-hmm.
1: so i just want to make that clear I, I do love the baby jesus um now jamming <laughs> my third thanksgiving all the way to christmas I find that that pulls away from the family more than it actually, and I do love Advent. I, I love the kind of the holiday um, in the simple non-commercialism that kind of goes with that. So I think it's good. So what would be then some, I don't know, some priorities to keep in mind? At what point would, what would be, okay, y'all y'all kept saying, well, what's the reason? What would be bad reasons? How can you have a bad reason
2: to have an Easter icon? Uh, to one-up the church down the road. I mean, it's like yep. they're at the park and they've got 20,000 eggs, but, you know, hey, we've got 50,000 eggs and we're dropping them out of the helicopter mm-hmm. and trying to one-up each other on who can get the biggest right. crowd there. Um, okay. You know, so for Easter, for me, it's not about the big crowd. It, it does happen. Um, it's typically your biggest um Attendance of the year. So okay. if it's all about the big crowd, I think you've kind of missed the point. W- whether mm-hmm. it be the Easter icon or the actual service, um, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not interested in one upping the church down the road. We've we've talked about that early on the podcast about the mega church down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way that we're going to be able to one up them. So you know, I'm not even going to try um, to to play that game because I don't. I don't think it goes anywhere. so I think yeah. that'd be a bad reason. Okay.
1: What's another bad reason, Michael?
0: Well, I mean, I think the one of the Biggest issues is not just one-upping the church down the road. It's serving your own need for validation. And I've talked about this a lot before. But pastors, we are incredibly guilty of caring for our own emotional issues Um you know, through the way we do worship or how many people show up or how many showed up compared to last year, that sort of stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I look at all those numbers too. I know exactly how many people I'm hoping that we have show up this weekend, um, you know, and, and all of that. But that doesn't mean that, um, that that's how I'm, I'm supposed to draw my personal self-worth. And for a lot of pastors this weekend, and of course, we're, we're recording this the week before Easter For a lot of pastors and church leaders, this coming weekend is going to be the source of their great exhilaration for the next few weeks, or it's going to be a crushing blow for them. Mm. And It shouldn't ever serve that purpose. It also shouldn't serve the purpose of tradition for tradition's sake. Now, I'm a big believer. I've actually come around on this. I used to be a guy who would just sort of bash tradition every chance I got. I've actually changed, and you've probably picked up on this, because I like things like Advent and Good Friday and Lent and those sorts of things. I actually You're like getting
2: tr- old. You're getting old, Mike. Yeah, I'm that getting old. Really that is
0: part <laughs> of it. I think sucker
2: absolutely-
0: suits. Seersucker, baby. It's not a suit. It's a seersucker jacket. i got oh, right, different color pants. But anyway, that's a different issue. But I do think, so I've learned, first of all, every church has tradition. I don't mm-hmm. care how new your church is and how hip and contemporary your church is. Every church has tradition. You do some things the same way regularly. The key is why you do it and understanding that tradition, when used rightly, can be a wonderful tool. So churches that do certain things on holidays just because we've always done them that way is a problem. But understanding that tradition is a great tool to reinforce faith in people's lives can be a huge uh, shift in the way you see the world. hmm
1: Yeah. I think these are great points and I think it's just something that we need to constantly be thinking through. It's also something that we don't need to bash. As you kind of mentioned, no matter how cool and hip and trendy your church is, I mean, you everybody thinks they're so novel to have their Easter service down at the local, you know, minor league baseball park. It's it's been done. It's not novel. And so or the Easter egg drop or something like that. All of those are good. And I think that that's the overarching thing that we're saying here. They're fine. These are good things to do and they're fun. As long as you keep, you know, the main thing, the main thing. And I think the the part of me that just kind of um, recoils is sometimes it's hard to actually see that the main thing isn't the entertainment of children during these seasons or the commercials. And if there's any two holidays, if we're just going to use that term holidays, if there's any two holy days, the birth of Christ, the, the resurrection of Christ – those should be the things where that is most central. That should be the message that is most brought to life. So, whatever it is you're doing, we encourage you to kind of think through that and
0: uh, hold that. Remember, up. celebrating Christmas. <clears throat> see, and this is where I would say, Josh, celebrating Christmas from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, if done well, is a tremendously refreshing opportunity for us to slow down rhythmically. This is what I tell our church about Advent. The reason we celebrate Advent is because it forces us to slow down every week and contemplate the purpose behind Christmas, the birth of Christ, the coming of Messiah. If we don't if we as, as spiritual leaders don't install those rhythmic moments of contemplation, mm-hmm. Everybody will run through Christmas and run through December. They're going to go through December being bombarded by Christmas anyway. Mm-hmm. If we don't take advantages to help the church slow down, take a breath, and think about why we do what we do, then all they're going to hear is materialism. Because everybody's preaching mm-hmm. to the sound of the season all day, every day through that whole month. We need to take advantage of those opportunities to say, yeah, we're not just doing it for the sake of doing it, but. We're doing it because it matters. This is right. the time we celebrate redemption come to life, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, and I think we're talking about two different things. I do love the rhythmic slowdown advent, uh, the Sundays leading from Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas. Those are great. What I'm talking about <laughs> is the, the Christmas special the the presentation that's going to take three weeks and all staff are required to be at every single showing of that event you've got the nativity walkthrough in a tuxedo don't forget you gotta be there in a tuxedo you've got the the christmas walkthrough you've got the uh pictures with santa on this thursday night it's not slow there's no rhythm to that at all it's a constant movement all drummed up to kind of uh I'm all for slowing down and rhythmic, but what I see in a lot of churches is nowhere near close to slowing down and contemplating. It is a fast-paced, Absolutely. over-the-top sort of presentation. So. But
0: my point is, I guess my point in all of this, the schedule's not the problem. Mm. It's leadership that's the problem. Mm. How are you leading people through the schedule? And sometimes leadership means we need to slow things down and take things off the schedule. Sometimes leadership means we need to add some stuff to the schedule, but I don't think the schedule is nearly as much the problem as it is leadership leading well through the schedule.
1: I think that's great. Final thoughts, Sam?
2: Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Go hunt those eggs.
1: (laughs) Go hunt those eggs.
2: Go hunt those eggs and go get you a goat skin CSB.
0: CSB. Get you any of the
2: CSBs.
1: They're
0: so fantastic. Absolutely. They're they're incredible. I bought one for my wife last week. I've got multiple – I have – Two copies sitting on my desk right now. Mm -hmm.
1: I do as well. It's not, um, and I say this without any sort of reservation, it's the best English translation that you can read and study from and provide for your members at your churches. So go check that out. We're so thankful for um, CSB making this episode and hopefully others possible. You know who would probably have a great opinion on the topic that we just discussed? Mr. Ken Holland. He's the executive pastor at University Heights in Huntsville, Texas, and he follows us on Twitter and i'm sure that he has a fantastic opinion. We just we think he's a genius just because he listens to EST and want to shout out to him and all of you who are following us on Twitter. If you are not yet, check us out. We are at EST Church and again as we've said before, one of the best ways that you can show your appreciation for what we're doing here is to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes that just means the world to us. Thanks again. I'm Josh. That's Sam. That's Micah. And we appreciate you listening to EST. We'll chat with you next week.